How do we reclaim our inner warrior? Today, Mankind Project is here to tell us. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Men on Point, a Victories podcast. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. Today, we're speaking with author and communications and marketing director for Mankind Project, Boyson Hodgson. Before we get to Boyson, just a few quick announcements. Each week, Victories has drop-in support groups that men can join at no cost. Also, we have a calendar of events, including all of our weekend programming. All of this information can be found on our website, victoriesformen.org. Again, victoriesformen.org. Also, please consider leaving us a review on whichever podcast app you may be listening to us on. And last, please tell a friend about Men on Point. Okay, let's get to the main event, my conversation with Boyson Hodgson. Today, our guest is Boyson Hodgson of Mankind Project USA. Let me tell you more about Boyson. Now, Boyson is the communications director for the Mankind Project USA. He is on a mission to transform culture with nearly two decades experience nurturing emotionally grounded, accountable, and purpose-driven men. The Mankind Project USA is part of a global brotherhood of nonprofits conducting transformational rites of passage for men at every stage of life. And supporting a network of men's groups serving over 10,000 men every single week. He's the author of The New Macho, which is a credo for the mature masculine shared over 50,000 times and published in numerous blogs, magazines, and books. He is also the co-creator of Mankind Project's The Men's Work, a three-week course. Boyson completed his Mankind Project's New Warrior training adventure in April 2004, and he's been working with men ever since supporting and challenging them to break out of isolation, take responsibility for their emotional riches, and live their full potential, starting with himself. He is also a dedicated husband and proud adoptive dad. Uh, please follow Boyson on Twitter, which is at Boyson, H-B-O-Y-S-E-N-H. And to learn more about Mankind Project, please check them out on Instagram, which is at The Mankind Project. Or they're also on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash The Mankind Project and their website, which mkpusa.org. We will have links to all of that in the show notes. Boyson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> well, you, you, you've done a lot uh, with Mankind Project, and so I'm really excited that you were nice enough to to spend your Sunday here talking about Mankind. We at Victories are are big fans because what you what MKP has accomplished is just truly remarkable from a not just domestic uh, sort of standpoint, but just the global yeah. reach that MKP has has really. Uh, just expanded to is is truly truly impressive and so i'm excited to learn more about mkp i personally have not been through an mkp weekend but i know a lot of men who have and uh, are always speaking so highly of the different programming so excited to learn more about 
what your organization um, provides to men and and also more about you. Um, so you, you went to your first warrior training in 2004. What, what brought you to that, if you don't mind sharing? 2004, yeah. I'll be, I, I uh, will be applying to staff this coming spring in New England at the same camp where I went through the new warrior training 20 years ago. So it'll be a month. I think it's May. I think we're doing our training in May here. And I'll be on the same floor in the same room with some of the same men, wow. astoundingly, some of the same men uh, that I attended the training with. 2004, that was a long time ago. And I first learned about the Mankind Project even before that. So I came from a big family. I have a lot of men and boys in my life. I have six brothers. I grew up with five of those. Um, one of my brothers came into my life much later. Um, most of my brothers, my dad, my stepfather who passed away, uh, cousins have all done the new warrior training adventure. And it started with my younger brother, Jay, who in a really, uh, kind of crisis time in his life, pivot time in his life, just went to the new warrior training adventure and came out of that, like with his hair on fire and his heart blown wide open and he started evangelizing to all of my brothers, of course, right? Like I did this thing. It was a freaking amazing. You have to come and do this. You have to participate in this thing. And he invited uh, multiple members of my family, including me starting 96, 97. And I said, no way, no way, no how, not interested, not going to do that. Um, if uh, you're looking at looking at me and looking at my my library behind me, right? Like there's a stack of books on the floor over here and cap shelves full and shelves full and more shelves full downstairs. I'll stay with my books, right? Like I'll stay in my head. I'll do my little spiritual reading thing. I'll read all the, all of those wonderful good books that many of us in men's work know, um, which I started doing that when I was a teenager. So I said, no, to this thing for a long time. And what I was really saying no to was vulnerability. Yeah. Telling the truth about myself, telling the truth about the choices that I had made in my relationships and how I had, I was the responsible party for all of the jackpots and stuff that I had gotten myself into for years. Um, and saying no to actually having tr a trust trusting intimate relationships with other men in my life. Like that's what I said no to for years because I was content, miserable, but you know, the misery that we live in is often more comfortable and comforting than the unknown that's, that's out there. Right. So I kept choosing the misery that I knew rather than uh, opting for the adventure that I didn't know. Well, there's always, there's always a new book to read and there's always a new promise in a new book. And it's like, if, if I just read this other book, this new book, maybe, maybe that's going to be what I, what I need. I, yeah. I have a similar path uh, as you. I, I went through the self-help sort of, uh, sort of library of, of, of content from, the mid nineties to the early, early two thousands and not really knowing that there were other options, the idea of, yeah. and, and I realized, and, and I'm curious if it sounds like maybe we had a similar, a story in this, in this sense, where I realized I didn't have a lot of 
really intimate or vulnerable relationships to, that, that you had mentioned with yeah. other men. I certainly had close friendships, but I I wasn't sharing, as you said, your my truth. Um, yeah. and, and it's hard because, uh, in fact, my my good friend who was a warrior. Uh, he's passed away. His name was Bill Flynn. He he was wonderful, very one of the smartest men I ever, one of the wisest men I ever met. He said, telling the truth is the hardest thing you'll ever do. And I didn't understand that at the time, but it, he is he was absolutely right, at least in my case. Woo! Yes. Here's to Bill Flynn. Um, thank you. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I was unprepared. I had actually learned from my childhood and from what I kind of grew up with and witnessed in my parents' marriage and then their divorce and then remarriages and more divorces and more remarriages and more divorces and like all of this kind of chaos that I grew up with, that telling the truth was actually felt really unsafe. Yeah. Right? Because if I had been telling the truth when I was young, I would have been angry yeah. and I would have been sad a lot. And that did not feel, didn't feel safe to have anger. And um, you might have been punished for it as well. Oh yeah. It's socially. Yeah. Socially and within the family, like we, we kind of all, I think just tried to deal in the ways that we dealt. And I also have a lot of God forbid, middle child energy. Um, I have brothers who acted out in all sorts of ways, right. Who did all kinds of stuff to act out and, and said the things that I would never say and did the things that I would never do, but I was the good kid. So I played the good kid and wore that mask diligently every day to perform what I thought was good son, good student, good family member, you know, good kid, good person. Um, and I ended up by the time I was 30, I had, I still had relationships with my brother, sort of. I had no close male friends. I had some acquaintances in my life, but my world had shrunk down to this really small space. And that eventually uh, was what it took for me to say, okay, I will, I'll do this. Yeah. Were you looking as part of the reasoning for going in? Were you looking to to make closer friendships? I, I know for me, when I went through uh, the initial victories program, which is called the Breakthrough Weekend, which is a lot about breaking through a limitation that, yeah. that you may have, I didn't really go into it so much with a limitation, but more of... I think I need more close friendships with men. And I, and I thought maybe that would be a pathway to it. Turned out it was. Um, I'm curious if if that was part of the reasoning. You, you mentioning not having a lot of close relationships with men. Um, was that part I, of the reason why? It was part of it. I wanted to be back in deeper relationship with my brothers. I was kind of fairly freshly out of a long-term relationship with a woman. And I was in nowhere land. Like I, I, I kind of here I am. I've, my life looked like that for all this period of time. Now, what does my life look like? I have no friends. I don't, you know, I didn't have a job that I liked. I didn't have a, a world that I really wanted to play in. So I started choosing changes, saying yes to things and choosing changes. And six months or so after that relationship ended, I met the woman who's now my wife of 18 years. And 
I noticed very quickly, very early in that relationship that I was already repeating patterns of hiding and putting on the mask instead of being authentic and being uh, emotionally repressed, emotionally pulled back, not committing, not stepping fully in um, to the relationship. And then I was in a chiropractor's office uh, having work done on my lower back. Thanks dad for the lower back issues. Um, and I had a release on the table, tears streaming down my face, finished up with the, finished up with the treatment, came out into the, into the hallway. The chiropractor, Wayne followed me out into the hallway and said, boys, and I can tell that you've got a lot going on in your body. I can see there's a whole lot of things changing in you. I can see that there's stuff expressing out of your body. This is long before the body keeps the score, right? Long before yeah. that kind of zeitgeist, that kind of meme was in the world. Have you ever heard of a thing called the new warrior training adventure? <laughs> and I said, fuck you, Wayne. And then laughed. <laughs> um, and then within a few weeks, I had signed up to do the, the training. So that was kind of the serendipity of how I got to it. Yeah. And then what I discovered. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it seems to be a not uncommon story. As, as you know, men find you, MKP or, or our organization, you know, usually through someone else. And yeah. I know for me, it was a psychiatrist who had been through it, and he, you know, he was treating me with with medicine, and he said, "Hey, mm -hmm. by the way, you should do this thing." And I just kind of went, oh, all right, you know, okay. Like I, I, because he was already giving me advice and treating me and I just kind of went, oh, I guess I'm doing this now. And, and without really thinking about it, had I had thought much about it, I probably wouldn't have wanted to do it <laughs> only in, because yeah. it seemed I'd already read all the self-help books over all those years. I thought, I know, I know this stuff. Oh, I got this down. I got it. Yeah. And the idea of doing it solo was how I always did it as, as you were mentioning with, yeah. with your books and the idea of being in a circle of other men, um, didn't really so much appeal to me, but I was interested because I knew it seemed that there was some benefit. I, 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 I yeah. thought, okay, even if I just get a little bit of benefit, I I'm probably better than all this, these people that are going to be there. I'm already more advanced oh. than they are. Um, and, and, you know, look, I'm just glad I went. Turns out I was wildly mistaken about, <laughs> um, what the weekend, what, what the, the victories weekend was. And, and, Sim similar to you, I, I was pleasantly surprised at, at the benefits. Um, so yeah. you so you went through the, your first weekend, and you know then you 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 came out, and you pretty much have been part of the organization really ever since. Yeah. So it really really took hold. Can you share a little bit about what the that first weekend, the new warrior training, what that did for you? That's great. And you just introduced something that, that I hadn't thought about in this way, but yeah, I had read all the, I'd read all the books. I started reading self-help when I was in my teens. My mother had this very esoteric bookshelf. Um, so I was reading the road less traveled and I was reading Wayne Dyer and I was reading sure. Alan Watts and I was mm -hmm. reading, you know, all of these kind of spiritual dudes and, and, and women. And I was like, yeah, I was past it. Right. Spiritual bypass is another thing that you hear. Like I was deep, deep in a spiritual bypass. Like if I, I'm just going to spout Alan Watts and never do the work. Yeah. 
right? And I got to the weekend very much like that, right? Like there's a a Friday night. I'm, I'm going to, I'll share secrets about the weekend. Um, There's a time on Friday night when everybody is kind of getting and guys are coming and, you know, you can't just run everybody into a process all at the same time. So there's waiting involved, right? There's a waiting flow as you move through the process. And one of the things that they do, one of the things we do in the new warrior training adventure is as men go in, like you go in and you go through this process and then you're put into a, a space and just told to sit in silence right? We call it the chapel. There's, uh, I went into the chapel and I was like, oh yeah, I got this right. Cross my legs, get in a position. I'm just going to sit here and meditate sit in the lotus position, out, right? find Nirvana. And- totally. Right. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this new warrior training. There's, this is my arrogance. I'm going to do this new warrior training adventure better than anybody's done this new warrior training adventure. Right. Whoa, was I mistaken? So, you know, I walked through some of the the early processes, some guys get very triggered, very upset, very all of this stuff. I just tr- tromped through all of that stuff, right? But then by the time we got into Saturday afternoon, by the time we got through some of the places where I'd had to literally and figuratively be right in front of another man, face to face with another man, talking, yelling, holding grappling right yep. with another man it was like oh, oh this i am way out of my comfort zone i am yeah. way out of my comfort zone and at the heart of the new warrior training adventure right is it's a hero's journey experience so at at some point you have to battle the dragon yeah you have to go through your ordeal and in the new warrior training, that ordeal is, is a piece of personal work for every man. Every man gets to step out and do his own work, that, that which is most personal to him. I did my work. I went through my work. It was incredibly powerful. I got incredible gifts. And there was still a part of me performing through all of that. Sure. And then I was asked to play a role in another man's work. I was asked by another man, like, okay, look around the room Pick the man in this circle who you think represents the energy of that bully who was horrible to you, who bullied you, who was terrible to you. And he looked at me, pointed his finger and said, that man holds the energy of that bully. So I played another man's bully. I am still (laughs) deeply close friends with that man today, 20 years later. Um, Which, by the way, we we, we should mention for anyone who hasn't participated in you know, some version of psychodrama where you may be yeah. taking on a role of, of someone else's, uh, you know, abuser or, or, or whoever in their life they, they have conflict with. And, and that is, I think it's sometimes as much of a difficult thing for the person playing the role, especially mm-hmm. when it's anger, frustration, you, you embodying that, unless you're a trained actor, right. uh, it's very, very, it was very scary for me. I've, I've been, I've done yes. that as well. And woof, it was hard for me to do that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, psychodrama is definitely part of it. That kind of, that kind of gestalt and energetic, bioenergetic work, somatic work. Yeah. Um, and I was not the bully when I was in high school. I was the bullied yeah. when I was in high school. So I was like this kid. I was bullied. Um, it was fairly ruthless. High school was not a pleasant experience for me. Um, 
But when I stepped into that role to be his bully, I discovered that predatory archetype within myself, deep in my body, all those things that I never, ever would have let come out. And that stuff started to come out. And that was me getting the weekend. That was me recognizing that all of that stuff that I had been pushing away from me and saying, no, I'm not that. No, I will never be that. No, I will never be like my father. No, I will never be like those bullies. No, I will never be like those men. No, I will never be that. All of that was in me. Yeah. That was a profound recognition that I have continued to work to this day. Yeah, I for me, I I I agree. I've I've had a similar experience. My, that same friend Bill Flynn once was talking to me, and he was asking me how if I can summon up anger when needed. And I said, I don't I don't really know what that means. I guess you know maybe if you're in a fight, okay, I could see needing anger, or maybe you're defending somebody physically, and anger would make sense. But I just thought you weren't supposed to be angry about things that weren't so logically needed for anger. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and he slammed his fist on the table, uh, with real aggression and, and it scared me. And, um, and then, and then he immediately went back to his, his normal mm -hmm. self. And he mm -hmm. said, if you can't summon up anger when you need it, um, it, it, you know, it might, it, anger may very well save your life one day, but, but regardless, it's inside you. You have to get in touch with it so that you can control it more effectively and, and be in touch with it. And that was a, a huge moment for me realizing, yeah. oh, anger's okay. Yeah. It's just a matter of what we do with it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Fundamentally. Absolutely. And I, I had been making anger in lots of other emotions, but anger wrong my whole life grief had been wrong my whole life, you know, and I lived in, I lived mostly in a state of like spiritual bypass and shame. Those yeah. were, that was my, my most comfortable <laughs> Me state too. of being. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a great, uh, a great author. I'll just give a little plug because I think not enough men may know about him. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm the only guy that knows about him, which isn't true. Um, but there's a guy who I believe wrote a book called Spiritual Bypassing, Robert Augustus Masters, who is a wonderful, wonderful author. He, he wrote a book that really transformed my understanding of emotions. And this was before going into victories, which was called um, and, uh, Meeting the Dragon, Ending Our Suffering by Entering Our Pain, um, which I thought why would you enter your pain to end suffering? It seems like that would be contradictory. Turns out, <laughs> it turns out that's a really good idea. And Man Mankind Project is is a lot about entering pain and 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 getting in touch with it and figuring out how to best cope and and you know also to be in touch with the shadow parts of us, as you mentioned that's when right. you were playing the bully. Um, so yeah, you went and got, got something from your bookshelf. So I, I, for those that weren't listening, I'm curious on what you grabbed his other book. Uh, mm. so to be a man. Oh yes. That's Robert masters. Uh, yeah. 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 Love by Robert book. masters. Um, I had the opportunity to interview him, which was, which was wonderful. And wow. Yeah. Another really good, uh, it's another beautiful, great book. Yeah. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek young. Yeah. That's the hero's journey, by the way, there which it is. is the hero's journey. And yeah. we should also mention too, I wanted to say one quick thing about 
from my understanding of of the uh, myth, the sort of traditional mythological hero's journey, it starts off with the reluctant hero, right? That's usually, you know, we think about Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. It's all of these people that were chosen to do this seemingly impossible task. They don't really want to do it because it's beyond their capabilities. It's so far removed. It's not what they're living yeah. for in when they first hear about it, yet they are pushed into it and then they rise to the occasion. Yes, absolutely. Metaphor that I use for that a lot. Um, for those of us who grew up in the 80s, us Gen Xers, we watched TV shows where the president had a red telephone on his desk. Yes. Right? <laughs> Yeah, that's the call. Yep. Once the red telephone stops, starts ringing, it's not going to stop until you answer it. There's the call. Every moment after that phone starts ringing that you refuse to answer the call, it's refusing the call. It's a very important part of the hero's journey. I was in refusing the call for almost eight years. Yeah. Right. In that place. And, and during that time, what happens is, and life just continues to tell you that still small quiet voice from deep down inside gets louder yeah this isn't right there's something else this isn't right this isn't right hello <laughs> this isn't right you know there and until you're ready to step across that threshold um that's where you will spend your life in that that voice kind of getting louder and and distracting oneself from oh, the voice yeah. as much as possible and it's never been easier to do that you know we have obviously the most All powerful thing on the planet yeah we have the we have phones that can summon up any any entertainment we we want any distraction we'd like and 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 it's free usually or or close to free and right. so it's never been easier to avoid intuition i think um which makes it probably more important than ever to to get quiet and let those thoughts and feelings summon or arise to the top yes absolutely but yeah. it's scary too i i think i think that's it's oftentimes to me i think fear is is such a it, we're just so not used to being comfortable with discomfort which i get i'm the same way i don't want to be i don't want to take a cold shower um you know, I want to take a warm shower. It's much more comfortable. Right. Cold right. shower might have some additional benefits, but certainly it's not going to, it's going to be painful and I don't want to do that. Right. Um, and that's maybe not the best metaphor, but it's I an idea. I love it. It's, it's a great. Metaphor. Yeah. It's just, I just, I want to be comfortable. I want to, I want it's everything cool. to go my way and I want it to be easy and I want it to slide right in with my existing, the things I do. And turns out, um, I have to make radical changes in my beliefs and, and my actions to uh, to actually, you know, get to get to another level. Uh, so it sounds like MKP, the 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 new warrior training, really really did that for you. And hmm. and then sort, of, I'm That's curious to sort of yeah. know. Well, I, I think we should tell everyone too a little bit more about Mankind Project, just um, to make sure that that everyone's sort of aware of of the organization itself. And then I'd love to get back into your journey. But can you tell us a little bit about about Mankind Project? You know, how, how was it founded? What were the initial sort of ideals, and and where is you know how where does it sort of land today? It was an accidental uh, an accidental revelation. Uh, three guys founded the organization. Bill Kauth was a therapist, uh, his shingle said feminist therapist at that time, and 
Rich Tosi was a, uh, a GM engineer and a Marine. And Ron Herring was a curriculum studies professor and a kind of self-help guru kind of dude. And the three of them were all in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And Bill Kouth was at a, a feminist therapist con conference. And he, of course, he was one of the few men there. And he saw these women around him supporting each other in radical ways and getting radically honest with each other and getting past all their bullshit and getting past stuff. And he had that he had that fist in the air moment. Where's the groups for men? And then through that figured that, oh, okay, there we go. I have to do this. I'm responsible. It took him two years. Uh, one conversation with Ron Herring, Ron Herring was all in, it took him almost two years to get Rich Tosi on board. They did some other stuff together. They did weekends together. Uh, there's a weekend uh, called Understanding Yourself and Others that was out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Patricia Clayson, who was a very close friend of mine, was kind of the grandmother of the New Warrior training adventure. Um, they did all this personal development work together. They went through some stuff and then they sat down at a table and said, what do men like? Men like adventure. Let's make an adventure. And they designed what was called the Wild Man Weekend <laughs> in 1984. They did the first one in January of 19, I believe it was January of 1985. Um, so we're coming on 40 years. And they had, they had done a bunch of stuff together and they had no idea what they were doing. They were like, what should come next? Yeah. Well, why don't we do this? What should come next? And then there are things about the new warrior training adventure to this day that Rich Tosi will talk about. Like we had no idea <laughs> that that was going to become a thing, right? That was something that we did because there was no other, the, like the light bulb was broken in the room. So we put a candle down and that's how the candle got there. And now 40 years later, the candles like part of the process, right? It's like all of these things that, they just kind of did. They didn't know. This was 1985. This was this was six years before Robert Bly published Iron John, the book Iron John. Sure. Iron John came out and everybody went, oh, my God, Iron John. And they read the book and they were like, oh, this is kind of what we've been doing. And then somebody came up to them and said, hey, you know, you guys are doing a hero's journey. Wait, what? <laughs> this, You know, this is an initiation experience. Wait, what? And but they just by intuition right by the hollow bone as the as bill Kouth will talk about it these days right they were hollow bones for something that they had no idea it spread like wildfire out of milwaukee uh to chicago and then to the west coast and then to the east coast and then down south and it grew in the united states based on the passion of what men got out of it so like in new england i'm in new england the first um uh, set of guys i think it was 94 93 something like that they rented a van and went to chicago they filled a van full of guys who were in men's groups together in western massachusetts and they drove to chicago to do the new warrior training adventure wow and that's how it spread and then you know a couple of guys from south africa come over to the united states and do the training and then a bunch of guys go to south africa and they started as a, started a region there started a, a center so now we are 14 recognized centers around the world. All of those are independent charitable organizations based in the country that they're based in. We have recently, just this year, done the first NWTA in Spain. 
going to be one in Italy next year, looking at Croatia. Mexico has now run 15, something like that in the last five years. They're expanding into South America. We're looking at Southeast Asia, different places over there. And it's not because we're going and funding organizations to expand, right? We're not a corporation doing that kind of work. It's because men go through the training, get lit on fire, and want to bring it back and offer it to more men who they know. So that's kind of where we're at. It's very exciting. I, I really am impressed because it's not like you're throwing up MKP billboards in major cities. Hey, we're coming. And that's not you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's not even a budget for that. If, if you wanted to do that, uh, right. being, being that you're a lean Boy, nonprofit, well, right. <laughs> Us too. Uh, but yes, uh, the ability though, to expand solely by experience, experiential, you know, sort of marketing is, is really, um, amazing because th these men are, are leaving and then going back to their respective communities and then, you know, and now you're you're in all these different markets and, and different countries. It's it's truly incredible, and it's you know you really there there isn't another men's org that I'm aware of that has grown quite as as large and as uh, and, and reaches many different cultures than than yours. Um, and I've always been really really impressed with. I thought, well, they must have some marketing genius because there's how are they expanding? And and the reality of it is, I've I've been to a friend of mine went through warrior training. This is pre-pandemic, and here in Chicago, uh, there was, and, and there may still be, um, there was a place where, like, they rent out uh, or right. they own a building, and they do their celebration after the weekend there. And I was invited to to attend and su support my friend. And once I was there, seeing for the first time what the fan base or or the 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 members of of mankind who had been in years and years before were were yeah. showing up to celebrate these new men and it was there were families there there were kids running around there were wives it it was it was a real party of sorts and mm -hmm. i thought oh now i get it i don't know how they're exactly doing this but they're doing something that is causing people not only to to rave about their experience but also to come back into the fold and continue to support the new members which i yeah. thought that's that's an incredible feat um so uh, you know congratulations on on obviously how successful the curriculum is thank you and 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 it has changed and it has evolved and it continues to evolve and I think that that's one of the things being now in so many cultures and uh, connected to so many different cultures, even here in the United States, this is something that through my time in MKP since 2004, we have made radical changes in some of the ways that we uh, approach the work and in also some of the ways we think about the culture in which we are doing the work. Like it's different, you know, right? It's not the sure. mid eighties anymore. Right. Men come to the training with different, with some on uh, many of surface level concerns might be different, but what we do in MKP is let's strip away as many of those kind of surface level things as we can. Let's acknowledge that different those of us, we grow up in different cultures. Like I literally have inhabited a different world than some other people who live in the United States, 50 miles away from me inhabit. Right. So let's sure. respect all of those differences, 
bring us all together and then connect on what's really real. And all of us experience fear and shame and all of us experience joy and all of us experience gratitude and all of us experience grief and sadness, right? And when we can come together across, across, you know, age and orientation and ability and race and ethnicity and religious background and political background in that kind of a space to say, holy shit, like DJ, I see you. Yeah. Like I see what you've experienced. I've, I can feel that I can empathize and then I can go further than empathy into compassion. Like I feel that and I want to act for you. Yeah. I want to help you with what you're doing. And I think that's why MKP has spread. And we, you know, the other thing that the founders didn't know when they started the organization was that guys were going to want to continue. Right. And yeah. so men start, started forming men's groups out of their trainings. They would come out of the training. They would say, Hey, we live, you know, I'm in Hyde Park. I'm in Hyde Park. I'm in Buddha, da, 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 let's all get together. Right. Started forming men's groups. Well, then we need some structure for men's groups. Then we need some processes to run in men's groups. Then we need some trainings to support how men facilitate in men's group and get better together. Then we need, then we're going to call on those same men to come back as volunteers paying to go staff the new warrior training adventure. Right. Not you getting know. paid, but paying to, to continue to be part of a, a, not only a new man's experience and be there to be of, of service, but also getting benefit themselves. I, I know at Victories, we have an expression, probably uh, MKP has a, has a version of this expression, may even be the exact same one, but it's, uh, you know, one man's work is every man's work. And even sometimes for, for me, witnessing another man do work, oftentimes does a little piece of that work kind of automatically or, or just by watching someone do it, my brain starts to process that as well. And, and the idea of just doing that on a weekend and then that being it, uh, is, 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 would be unfortunate because there, yeah. there is more to do. And it's so great that, that your men, uh, you know, inherently sort of instinctively said, when we need to keep doing this in a smaller fashion and, 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 and they have, uh, yeah. which I believe are known as your, your I groups, uh, I groups, integration groups. Yes. Continuing to integrate the learnings from the training, continuing to integrate new skills and tools, continuing to integrate new belief systems. Um, yeah, and that looks different today than it did then. Again, another evolution, right? So back then you had to go through the New Warrior Training Adventure. Even when I came to the organization, you had to go through the New Warrior Training Adventure in order to be part of an I group. Today we have dozens of open men's groups out there who welcome guys, no matter what their experience is, to come sit in circle, to get a taste of what we do, to continue to build relationships and form relationships. Um, and in a true initiatory experience, like in an initiatory culture, you come from community into initiation back to community. Yeah. And so that's what we kind of created COVID and the pandemic really amped that up for us in terms of what we needed to do online in order to continue maintaining our network and maintaining our men's groups. But now we have thousands of guys in the United States who have participated in online training programs like the men's work, our three week course and others. We have some deeper dive courses as well. Um, 
and who are sitting in circle and they may be sitting in circles with guys from, you know, from Canada and from Texas and from Florida and from Southern California. And it's Wednesday night and it's 7 PM Eastern. And here we are yeah. in our group together. Yeah. I was very, very impressed. I was, I have been on uh, a mankind projects email list for, for many, many years. And I, um, remember when the pandemic hit, how quickly, I, it, at least it seemed to me, because I'm also part of Victories, uh, I'm on the marketing committee for them. And I know we were struggling at the time trying to figure out how do we continue on, because at the time we only had in-person programming. Um, we, in realizing the the sheer amount of work it takes to create a different program that can be done virtually with some level of success, I know is is not a small task, even, you know, especially a three-week program. And, and so I remember being so impressed by how quickly the organization pivoted and started um, uh, announcing these, these virtual classes. And I remember even our, our organization sort of taking a cue from that saying, okay, this, we know this can work. Just, we know Th- these guys are doing it. it. And, and, and we, we made that change as well, but it was, it was really, you guys were, were really fast uh, on that. I, I really applaud you because you were able to continue doing the work that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Thank you. And, uh, and this is, uh, you know, the size of the community also means lots of good things here. We have lots of expertise out there and the men's work, our three week introduction, we started running in the fall of 2018. Hmm. So we actually had a runway where we said, okay, we know we can do this. And that course we're running five or six different sessions of that course every month. Um, when, when we hit the pandemic. So we knew we could do that. And then we very quickly were able to get groups of guys together, leaders from the organization, training leaders, curriculum guys, studied guys, you know, like da da da, all these guys, everybody pulled together. We need a six week course. What's that going to look like? Let's call it crossroads. That's Boom. right. That's what who's, I'm remembering. Yes. Who's working the, who's working the curriculum on that. And then we, we developed living, uh, living through disruption, which is another yes. course specifically about change management and disruption in our lives. And we had developed a coaching program for GBTQ men. And then we developed a circle of men training, which was just about forming virtual men's groups and learning the skills to do those things. So it's like, but all of that has been generative and generous of men in the project who are willing to really give of themselves and give of their time to make things happen. I'm curious. I know we struggle with this. I suspect it's it's every uh, men's organization struggle, which is men go through the weekend. They have a transformative experience. It's it's palpable. It's real. They, they, they talk about it and hopefully then they continue on in, 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 in your case, uh, I groups, uh, yeah. in our case, we call them PGGs, but basically I think similar ideas Personal and, and then, groups. Yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Men Which support groups. And then, uh, they, um, a lot of men d- sort of fall off o- over time. Yeah. And I, I'm curious how, because I, I imagine this, this is something that you guys deal with as well. Um, how do you 
encourage men to come back in when, when, you know, life events might just prohibit them from being able to, to attend, uh, you know, their, their I group meetings, um, or they move or, or, or something, obviously you have lots of virtual uh, trainings and, and groups now, but how do you keep men sort of in, in the ecosphere? I, I know that's, that's a challenge of any real organization, especially ones that deal with tough topics and pain, which is really what I think both our organizations focus in on is, yes. is how to get in touch with pain, which of course is not always very pleasant, but, but men do leave. Yeah. And, and of yeah. course, bringing them back in is, is so critical. Um, how do you guys approach that? Just out of curiosity. This, this may or may not be. So I've been at this game for a long time now and also watch other membership kind of driven membership based things, right? So if we look at, if we look at 12 step work, recovery work, right? If we look at churches, if we look at yeah. the, the way that church membership happens and works, I do not expect everybody to come and stay. Sure. That's, that's the frame shift, right? That's the first frame shift. There will be guys who come to the new warrior training adventure, have a mind blowing experience and then go back out into the world and that's it for them. And you said ecosystem. I like that. I use orbit. What's your orbit around, around MKP. So there are some guys who have these wide elliptical orbits that circle out 10 years. Yeah and then swing back to the organization. And for me, sitting in the marketing and communications chair, what I wanna make sure we have is presence out there so that when that next call comes to, to a man who's been doing the work, that he knows where to go, he knows yeah. who he can reach back out to so that there's always something here. So I try not to be dogmatic about it. I try not to be, um, restrictive about it. It's, it's, uh, we're here. I'm here. I'm going to be here when you're ready to come back here. We're here. And that I think is miraculous. And we saw a lot of that in, in the pandemic. We saw a lot of that in COVID guys reaching back out to say, Hey, I was involved back in the nineties. I lost touch with MKP. I really would like to get back into a circle. I would really like to be sure. with my brothers again. Um, and I think the more that we can just affirm and validate and love men where they are, the more welcoming that we can be when they're ready to come back, when they're ready to keep continue doing the work. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, yeah, there, there's there's not much one can do except all like a 12-step program, just just says, Hey, just keep coming back. And if you, you know, if you fall away, just come back whenever you're ready. And the idea of community is, is so powerful. It really is. I think the, the magic sauce of the 12 step work, it seems to be community is this, I'm not alone. I don't have yeah. to be alone thing. I'm not alone and I don't have to be. Uh, and yeah. I think that your organization does a really good job of making sure that men always know there are options you know, no matter what their involvement with the organization was before. I, I'm curious yeah. about what, if you've seen any trends for over the last 20 years that have changed, obviously men continue to struggle with the same things they've always struggled with. You know, we have romance, uh, work, uh, family, um, friendships, uh, you know, unresolved dreams, 
whatever. Uh, lo- yeah. Lots lots of big topics. I'm curious if you've seen any trends that that over the last 20 years that have have shifted a bit. Are you seeing more of you know certain challenges that men face? Are are we seeing? Is it pretty much the same swath of, of challenges with, with men who come to, to MKP? Um, just curious, because the world's changed a lot in the last 20 years. So I just was curious if there were any any trends that you're seeing that maybe you didn't see 20 years ago. The world definitely has changed a lot. Here's what I hear from uh, from men who are out there leading weekends and staffing a lot of weekends, is that some of the things that we used to collectively have to work pretty hard to get men to understand. We don't have to work very hard anymore to get men to understand. So like I can say to you, Hey DJ, you were socialized into a way of being a man that's really limiting to your emotional life and really limiting and probably impacts your physical health. 20 years ago, yeah, there was, was not a whole lot of conversation that sounded like that. Yeah, that was that was a lot of those kind of thoughts were in books in new age stores that men largely did not go into and certainly did not learn about and That's right. also it wasn't it, it the, you know the internet wasn't wasn't as evolved as it is now right. to project and and distribute that kind of messaging so effectively. That's right. Those concepts were definitely out there right? Like the idea of, and specifically around gender, specifically around masculinity, specifically around like this, the man box culture, right? Dominance-based masculinity that we talk, that we can talk about now. Paul Kivel, who came up with the original conception of the man box, that was back in the very early eighties. And it arose out of feminist thinking, feminist analysis of, of culture, right? P.S. Everybody out there listening, a lot of what we do in men's work, whether we want to admit it or not, emerged out of feminist thinking around gender. Why do we restrict boys and men to a limited way of self-understanding? Bell Hooks, who passed away two years ago, who uh, was a feminist writer, feminist author, Bell Hooks wrote about love right? Bell Hooks, uh, there was a, a a quote from Bell Hooks that says that the first, this, I'm going to butcher this quote, absolutely. But the first requirement of patriarchy is not physical violence against women. It is that men must excise, must kill off parts of themselves. And if they don't do that, then other men will enact violence upon them until they do. We can talk about those, we could have those conversations today in ways that I don't think that we did. So, and here's what I notice. Back in the day, there were a lot more men coming in who their armor, the shell that they had encased themselves with was just so impenetrable, so hard right? That coming to a new warrior training adventure was often the first crack, the first way that they busted that armor open so that they could actually start to reveal their sensitivity, start to reveal their tenderness, their love, start to get in touch with that stuff. Today, I think that there were a lot of men, especially younger men, who 
they don't have that armor in the same way that those men had it back then. And today it's about, okay, how can we get you in touch with your essential wildness, energy, force, power, power, not in a a domination way, power, not in a, I'm going to beat you way power in a, I am motivated and energetic to go for what I want. I am motivated and energetic to tell the truth about my life. I am motivated and energetic to build what I want in the world. Right? So the kind of failure to launch syndrome that we talk about out there in the world these days, purposelessness, not really having a foundation of understanding of who I am, not really having a locked in idea about my own identity, not having done the work of separation and of individuation that was so, that is so important psychologically and, you know, kind of Jungian stuff. So how do we invite men into a space where we are rigorous about inviting them into self expression and individuation. I think it's changed. I think you're right. I, I remember reading, I, I would assume you, you almost certainly know this book, but, uh, but perhaps not, um, a, a book called the way of the superior man by David data. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. smiling. Cause of course, of course I, I know that book. And I remember reading that for the first time before, uh, getting involved in men's work. And I remember that book, whether or not people agree with David Data, he's somewhat controversial opinions around sex and and yeah. and you know n- maybe not everything is is uh, that I have a full understanding of, but he talked a lot about what you had just mentioned this idea of of finding one's power and and you know this understanding of what masculine energy can be and how to embrace it and and how to not be afraid of of it um, and to understand how important it is in in sort of the world and to not be ashamed of, of, of it. And also to pursue passion. He had talked about, you know, every night you should do an hour of whatever you're into, you know, doesn't matter if you're got a family, you got to give yourself, you know, an hour of whatever, you know, whatever you're really into. Um, and so, so I think you're right. I think, I think I, well, when that book came out, it really blew me away. And now I think it wouldn't be seen maybe as so controversial as, as when it was written, because he was like the first guy I knew that was sort of talking about, or I didn't know him, but the first right. book I read where I was like, is this right? This is so different from how I was taught growing up about how to act as a boy and a man. And this idea that you could incorporate aggression in a healthy way, you could incorporate mm. anger in a healthy way and, mm. and fear in a healthy way. Mm. I didn't know it was okay to be afraid. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I, I that book really op- turned on a light for me that I didn't know was 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 dimmed. Yeah, wonderful. And I think that we've just continued to grow more nuanced around the distinction between biological sex and yeah. gender and archetypal energy, right? So masculinity, yeah. femininity as as energetic concepts that we can kind of tap yes. into, right? So that, that are that are not tied necessarily to gender. And and David Data does does to his credit really makes a strong point to say we're not talking about men versus men versus uh, women. We are literally talking about energy. And, yeah. and, and yeah, so, so that, um, I think you're so absolutely right. And now with gender being a more fluid concept, it, I think you're right. I think there are boys today aren't 
quite as armored up as as maybe they were saying you, you you're supposed to act a particular way because your 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 gender is is m uh yeah. versus you know versus a different gender and i think that what's you know really true also so of boys and men richard reeves book are you familiar with that I, one? i'm not yeah. no, i'll have to check it out new book orange cover it's not sitting on my shelf i listened to it um check out Richard Reeves, right? Because another thing that, you know, there have been, there have been people out there talking about this. Um, Warren Farrell's book, The Boy Crisis is another book that has talked about this a lot, but how our culture, all of us together, not men, not women, but as, as a culture, we have also kind of dumbed down some of the ways that you and I as Gen Xers grew up that maybe we should consider falling down and hurting your knee, banging yourself, falling off of the, off of the swing set, you know, independent of gender, independent of boy, girl, like any of those things that it's good to get dirty. It's good to not be protected from, from, from words. It's good to not be protected from banging our heads into things occasionally and, and doing that kind of really engaged living. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are lots of pockets in our culture where we're kind of trying to relearn that free play, free play for kids, right? Spaces where they can go get messy and, and hit their thumbs with a hammer a couple of times to learn a valuable lesson sure. about, about how the world works. So I think that that is, I think that's the cutting edge of where men's work is going, right? Is like, we can let go a lot of, of a lot of the hold-ons and holdouts of gender essentialism and biological essentialism and still recognize that it is fundamentally and powerfully important for men, those of us who see ourselves as men, right? Those of us who identify as men to get together and do this work. Yeah. Right. And for women to get together and do this work. And then for us as whole people, expressing the fullness of our masculinity and femininity to come together and say, okay, what work do we need to do together now? Yeah. Right. To make this planet. Cause we're certainly facing existential threats left and right. And who, what are the kinds of men and women that we need to do those face those things? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Well, I know you're right. And I, I, I do think it, it is more interesting. I do think, kids today younger men younger boys that i see they they tend to be more open you're right with their feelings i think their parents have uh, have have evolved a bit in in learning how to emotionally support children and to allow them to have feelings that maybe we weren't as much allowed to have mm, growing yes, up yes yes um I, I i i wonder too you know i actually think but there's also a lot of danger too you know you you talked about um, allowing, uh, in particular, you know, sort of this idea of allowing to removing safety uh, or, or removing all the most extreme forms of safety, so that children can actually, you know, integrate or 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 you know work with the physical world and actually uh, engage with the physical world is, is what I meant to say, and and yeah. why that's so critical. And we do have physical bodies, and they are designed to do various things, and and with with the technological advances, we don't have to be as physical as we used to be. We can be more sedentary and we can also not engage with the physical order. We don't even have to go out to get anything can be delivered to us these days. So I, I think 
those kind of struggles of how do you actually become more interpersonal? How do you get out in, in the real world and engage not only with, with the physical world, but also the physical people within that world when, you know, why should I go out and, and speak to uh, a woman that I'm interested in, in, in dating if I can just look at pornography on my phone? It's right, right. there. And, and right. it's, it's going to give me some satisfaction. Maybe it's not, you know, and, and I think those sort of things have changed a lot. And now I know there's a, you know, young men are, are oftentimes feeling lost around things like romance and yeah. understanding what's allowed and, and, and what's, you know, they might not have a lot of experience talking with, 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 with women or, or vice versa. Um, and I, I think that it's interesting that we used to, uh, w- when you and I wanted to meet people in, in the real world growing up, we had to go out in the real world and do it. Right. And I think that, I think that is dramatically shifted and, yes. and it's not so much a terrible thing. I think it's good that people can communicate online. I think it's wonderful. I just don't think it's the only way. And I think a lot of younger people maybe are the majority of their life is spent, you know, sort of more virtually than, than in person. Yeah. I, yeah, fully, totally agree. And there is something, um, really important about bodies breathing together. Yeah. I'm, I'm interviewing someone this coming week who's hosting gatherings now called the feels. Mm. Um, and her entire raison d'etre for the organization was she was tired of, of being this. It's all virtual. Dating is all virtual. Right. So, and she didn't want to go do speed dating. So she brings together groups of men and women, groups of folks in real time, and they do somatic exercises together. And it's a, that's cool. And it's an opportunity to meet, right? It's an opportunity to meet people. So, yeah, I think that there is something really important about real world, real world stuff. And I also see it with my kids, like, you know, relationship is, is, uh, relationships hard, <laughs> right? Relationships hard. I can't block somebody in real life, right? I can't right. just turn you off in real life. And, and we have to learn collectively to nurture one another in such a way that it's like, yeah, it's going to hurt. Yeah. You're going to get rejected. Yeah. Th- people are going to say things that hurt you. And you know what? You're also going to get seen you're going to get felt in a way that you've never been, you know, experienced before. You're going to have people who really know how to listen to you. You're going to learn to listen to people in profound ways. You're going to learn to like help people meet their needs in profound, like all of that's so important relational beings as relational beings. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I really do think that what MKP does in allowing men the opportunity to get together in, in, in a room and, and, you know, celebrate each other's successes and joys, and also be there to deal with the hard parts of life, which yes. we all have at all times. Yes. Um, we're always afraid. We're always, uh, angry. We're always, uh, you know, joyous and we always have shame and all of these parts of us are just the way our brains work and that's just how it goes. And, and since that's the truth, or it seems to be the truth, at least in my experience, um, it sure is nice to know that there's a place to go where you can talk about this thing that's in you that maybe doesn't even make sense and and you don't like it and you wish it were different, but you don't totally know how to 
integrate with it or you're afraid of it or or it's too hard and you can bring that somewhere and another man will go oh i got that same thing i, I have that and 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 even if there isn't a, a solution per se there's right. at least someone else going i i hear you i feel you i'm with you and maybe with the 12 step programs in particular i, I just wanted to touch on this because i i think what yeah. you said was so so important about 12 step programs being uh not a terrible template for for the work that that you guys do is that it, at least with addiction and 12 step programs my understanding and, and again please uh, uh if i'm incorrect about this anyone listening please um forgive me for this this is my limited understanding is that in particular with addiction, there is no medical solution, I don't think, yet. Although maybe Ozempic could possibly uh, help with that. We're, 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 there's some trials that are very interesting. But for right now, there doesn't seem to be a pill that one can take to solve addiction. And maybe one day mm -hmm. that day will happen. And boy, that would be a great day for the world, I think. But in the interim, and while we're waiting for that, these, these rooms uh, of people who are addicts uh, of, of different types can get together and say, we don't really have a real solution, so to speak, but for some reason when we all get together and we all talk about our stuff and we all are there you know, with, with a similar sort of uh, um, you know, set of challenges, it seems to somehow work. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it's, there's a spiritual component or, mm -hmm. or maybe there isn't, but there's certainly something about us getting into a room and talking about our stuff that seems to keep us from our addictions. And I think that is uh, really such a great sort of metaphor for how the, 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 you know, the circles at MKP work at our organization as well. Um, this idea of just being able to go in and say, Hey, this is what I've got. This is, and not so much uh, to define me, but here's what yes. I've got that I'm dealing with. Yes. And it's really powerful. Humans, humaning. Yes. <laughs> Telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I love that. And telling the truth is a radical act and loving one another is a radical act. And in the mission for MKP USA, create a world where men act on their individual and collective responsibility for the future of humanity by initiating and supporting men on a path of emotional maturity and spiritual awareness in deepening community. So emotional maturity, EQ, what we do, spiritual awareness, I ain't the only thing, you know, ego, I'm not the only thing in the universe, whatever that means for me. And it, within a context of deepening community, deepening connection, deepening understanding, yes. Yeah, we seem to be wired for connection. I think that's pretty well established. The we are um, 100%. We are 99.9% <laughs> chimp, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it, right. That's right. And and that is uh, yeah, we I think our DNA is like 97. Point something percent identical. <laughs> and so if we watch the behaviors of 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 primates and 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 other uh similarly DNA'd sort of uh know, beings, uh, we, we can see a lot of, of our solutions sometimes in their behavior. And, and, you know, we as, you know, humans, because we, we have a higher sort of brain functioning, we can get in our own way sometimes into thinking, oh, I can, I can, I can fix this. I don't need help. I, I I'm good. I can do this. And sometimes right. you can. Um, but I think regardless of whether somebody's got a, a issues that they need resolved, just being around other men who are talking about the stuff that other men maybe don't talk about, 
feelings, uh, challenges. Um, you know, I, I, my best friends and I, I, I remember I'll share, share this with you just cause I thought it was kind of a apt for this conversation. I remember my therapist, uh, many, many years ago had said, right when I first was starting, she had said, well, who do you talk to when you're, when you're having troubles? And right. I said, oh, I don't have any troubles. You know, I have a pretty good life. <laughs> she goes, okay, well, there, that's indicative of something right there. But, but she said, well, what about your friends? When, when you are struggling with something, do you call your friends? I go, oh, my friends don't do that. And she says, she says, no, you don't do that. She says, your mm. friends would probably do it if you were be willing to share your heart mm. with them. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. And, and then I found victories and that provided a framework uh, or, or MKP, of course, does the yeah, same where right. it allows people to bring, bring their, their, their most uh, difficult parts of them uh, somewhere where they can actually not be ashamed, not, not be shamed for, for feeling a certain way or struggling in a certain way. And, and in fact, many men in that same room might have that exact same struggle. Right. So I, I encourage right. anyone listening, if you have not been through a MKP program to please, please consider exploring. They are a, a very successful organization of providing help to, to men who are seeking, uh, you know, refuge and, and, and also support and, and connection. And they are all over the country and uh, expanding all over the world as well. Um, and I would encourage everyone to to certainly get on their mailing list, um, which you can do right on their Thank website. You. Please do visit their website, which is mkpusa.org. Also, follow them on social media. You just search for Mankind Project. They're easy to find. But Instagram is The Mankind Project. Facebook is also The Mankind Project. You will find them everywhere. But I thought this would be a great place to wrap up. Um, Boyson, uh, is there anything else you'd recommend for men that are have been interested in what you've had to say and, and really want to explore your organization further? Um, you said it, and can I read a 12-line poem to take us out? Please. David White, The Well of Grief. Those who will not slip beneath the still surface on the well of grief turning down through its black water to the place we cannot breathe. We'll never know the source from which we drink, mm. the secret water, cold and clear, nor find in the darkness glimmering the small round coins thrown by those who wished for something else. That's quite beautiful. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of a lot of sense, and and really speaks to a lot of what what we chatted about today. This idea of being willing to to go deeper, to go into the discomfort, to um, emerge stronger, and with a better community uh, of of support. And I think that's that's clearly what what MKP seems to do, as evidenced by the people I know that have been through. Uh, various weekend programming that that you guys provide. So, really encourage anyone who is you know feeling disconnected or wanting more and wanting somewhere where they can tell the truth or at least be challenged to tell the truth. And I think that too. Sometimes we sometimes we need a little push to tell the truth, and we need somebody to say, "I, I believe in you, I support you, and I'm going to get you there." Um, and or, I want to get you there and we're going to invite you to come there and I'm going to show you how. 
And, and that's what MKP does exceptionally well from everyone I've known who, have, who has been through the program. I've yet to meet somebody that said, yeah, waste of time. Was, wasn't, a good, wasn't a good use of time. So I'm sure that might exist for somebody that's been sure. through, but, but everyone I've talked to has not, has not shared that. So please, everyone, consider uh, supporting Mankind Project. Um, they are constantly, they're probably in, in your backyard. They are uh, nearby, if not. And if you are in a place where they aren't at all, uh, they have virtual programming. You can drop into their open circles, uh, or, or and I apologize yeah. if I have that that terminology wrong, but yeah, they do have right. open meetings. You can attend virtually, whether you've ever been exposed to any of their other programming. So please do check it out. Get 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 the. Uh, it's not even so much help, I think, because help can be a loaded word, but just explore the community, see if it's for you. Uh, I you suspect go. you will find something in that, and. You know, there's just something about getting together and and you know sharing that I think is is quite powerful. Even if nothing else happens, just sharing uh, I think is is really something that that's quite profound. So, Boyson, thank you so much for sharing. Speaking of sharing, sharing your journey, uh, sharing um, uh, your heart, and also your vulnerability uh, on our show. We we appreciate you and um, we thank you. you. And uh, please, everyone, check out MKP and also check out Victory stuff as check well, victoriesformen.org. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, well, we're always promoting to our men. So th- this, is, uh, this is a little bit of a departure for us. But, but we believe uh, it, you know, o- other organizations provide a tremendous amount of value That's too. Right. So please check them out. And they operate, right. um, from my understanding, MKP operates from a slightly different archetype than, than Victory. So we may be doing this similar things in maybe slightly different ways. So please check them both out. There's value, of course, in in any or any organization you check out uh, that is men- meaning to help you uh, integrate more fully as, as a man. Uh, Boyson, thank you so much. On behalf of our audience, we, we appreciate it. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Boyson. Thank you, DJ.